Hello and welcome to Digfin Vox, Voices in Digital Finance. I'm your host, James DiBiazio. If you enjoy the program, give us a like, share, subscribe, yada, yada, yada. My guest today is Guillaume Hoyt, an AI data specialist and consultant. On behalf of Digfin, Guillaume asked ChatGPT, what would be the best fintech business to start today? The results, as you'd expect, were the unexpected. Guillaume Hoyt, welcome to DigFinVox. Thank you. So you are a banker, consultant, data and data expert, and now becoming a, a generative AI prompt expert. Well, it's a kind of, uh, yeah, well, uh, I, I wouldn't name myself as a uh, generative AI expert yet, but uh, I'm involved, investing a lot of uh, energy and uh, uh, in this field indeed, yeah. So what we did is uh, Guillaume and I came up with a project for DigFinVox for this episode where we wanted to use chat GPT to come up with ideas about in this case, just playing around, what would be the model to build a fintech today uh, that would, in five years' time, have revenues of $100 million? So that was our starting point. We wanted to see what the technology could do, what it could imagine, um, and what sort of practical outcomes we might be able to get from using it. This is just a an experiment and a bit of fun, you know, so don't take it too seriously, but we're interested in what the power, the potential power of these learning language models. So Guillaume, why don't you tell us a little bit about the way you thought about this question I had, what would be a great FinTech business model to start today? Mm. Uh, and, and how you went about trying to add some value to this question. Sure, yeah, thank you, Jen. Um, first, we're not talking about the standard uh, chat GPT version that everyone can access. Uh, we are talking about uh, the API version where we have the freedom to go a few notch further uh, in terms of engineering. Okay. So it's important because you may you you might not receive the same uh, level of uh, answers if you do it on your prompt on on your tool if you have access to the solution. Um, so. Just a stepping back, just a second. When you are talking about large language model, we are talking about um, systems that have been, or models that have been trained on a corpus of documents, a huge corpus of documents. And so they have a limited uh, amount of uh, knowledge, which is very wide, but not so deep. So what you do in order to augment this, you connect it with external data. And then you use their reasoning capabilities that are embedded, let's say, in the large language model in order to exploit this data. And then stuff happen. Let's say that uh, you have some emergence of uh, new ideas, new concepts. Um, it could be some, some of them could be a bit vanilla, others could be really stunning, surprising. And uh, that's the beauty of it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how did we, you know, I gave you a question. I gave you uh, the goal, which was, you know, let's describe a fintech business model that we could launch today. I think we specified it would be in Hong Kong just because we're here. So we wanted yeah. to try to make it uh, a little more specific. Uh, we wanted to have that revenue target achieved after five years. Then how did you go about 
working with the uh, with the GPT to come up with a, a formula to figure this out? Sure. So uh, the, the the solution that I designed, uh, which is still a work in progress, you know, where I'm, I'm at my 45th or 46th iteration, is uh, is pretty autonomous. So I kind of uh, used uh, a lot of, I would say, advanced prompt engineering solutions that have been already made public or experimented by the uh, open source community, but also some experts from OpenAI. I know you have a lot of training on, uh, on this topic in order to create an automated system. So what it does is that first it takes your topic. So in our case, the title was FinTech Startup Best Success Recipes for 2023 in Hong Kong, the top ideas and concepts that will generate 100 million USD in annual revenue within five years. So this was kind of the prompt on which it was at work. And then the first request, I found it, okay, define the objective. You gave me, you shared with me a few objectives, uh, sub-objectives, but I asked it to improve it on mm -hmm. fine-tuning. So this was the first thing. Once we got the title and the objectives, then we, I asked it to uh, define the persona that will be best suited to discuss about it. And that's a very important point. And I like to uh, also drill down a little bit on this. When you give a personality and you, when you give a role to uh, the large language model, it's going to be zooming in the corpus of data that it has inside its uh, training, I would say, history on which it has been trained in order to focus on this domain. So for example, it's not going to come back with information related to any other startup that, that would be, for example, in health tech or whatever, it, the vertical where uh, a startup could be created. It will be focusing only on FinTech. And so the, the personality that will it will be coming uh, with will be helping to direct the conversation on the diversity of the different persona that it creates helps to get different angles on the same topic. And um, yeah, and that's, that's how I put it. And then after I kind of press the start button on go. Yeah. And that's okay. what we call the auto GPT mode where it starts to be going through the question and asking different persona and going through the conversation there. Yeah. So these personas, the the model developed these personas itself as well. You did not input specifics. No. No, no, I didn't. I didn't write anything there. I could have. Uh, you, you can. You have the agency. You have the possibility to fine tune it. But in that case, I let it do the work. Yeah. Right. So the four that this computer came up with to basically query itself uh, and yeah. come up with a, like a question and answer format. Uh, there was. Uh, it came up with names, titles, and backgrounds. Uh, it it came up with um, a consultant, a fintech consultant named Jennifer, a uh, yeah. venture capitalist named William. Uh, a, um, I've got the, the CEO, <laughs> the CEO. Yes. There was a, uh, a FinTech founder named Charlotte. And then there was yeah. a head of digital transformation in the insurance industry named Oliver. Yeah. So the computer came up with these personas and then these personas then questioned the overall question that, uh, that, you know, they teased out information about the overall question that, Guillaume and I had had fed to the the model, so out of that we ended up getting um, a number of different topics. It was sort of like a Q and A, as if it had been running, um, you know, like a webinar or a panel discussion with these folks. Yeah. And so we had uh, 
partnerships, revenue opportunities, emerging technologies, successful fintech ventures. Those are sort of like the four broad. And then it began to ask a few extra questions, which we'll get to. Uh, and then a few, um, a few ideas, um, other uh, ideas to explore in terms of what would be the right business model. So my then, Guillaume ran this, it took you several hours, I think, to get the, the model to spit out all of these answers for us. Um, and then you sent it to me. So well, I've, I've had a look at it. Uh, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know what your, so my preliminary take was uh, a combination of like, like just boilerplate generic uh, stuff, a few quite insightful or sort of int intriguing, intriguing questions, uh, a few interesting ideas. And then if you kind of like crazy out there, it's just like word salad. It's just coming up with stuff. And, you know, it's it, it probably isn't very helpful. But out of that, there was some interesting things that you can start to sniff around what would be some interesting takeaways. So what was your, you know, your re reaction to this, Guillaume? Did you get a sense mm. of, you know, when you looked at the outputs, which we'll discuss in a little more detail, uh, you know, did you get a sense of particular takeaways or insights that you think would actually have use for, people in the fintech world so every time i run this uh, i would say uh, this algorithm in order to get results on whatever topic i got a mixed bag of results so as you mentioned there's a lot of vanilla stuff but already striking right the vanilla stuff is good like mm -hmm. knowing exactly for example coming back on the fact that uh, ai is a big topic on fintech obviously we knew it but already getting this fact right on coming back with some very specific uh, use case that for us might not be so surprising because both of us are in this field. Right. Um, for depending on the audience, for some participants, it could be really stunning already to have this part. So the, um, the level, of, I would say, of accuracy of surprise that you can have while reading the material will depend on your own starting point. Obviously, we started with fintech. This is a place where you're particularly, uh, I would say, comfortable. So most of this will be appearing as a, a standard of vanilla for you. But uh, yeah. once again, striking this right at is, is already great. But then every time we, I, I discovered some um, pointers or some some elements that stood out and brought a bit of, uh, uh, I would say, uh, novelty. And um, I would say, ideally. This is what you will expect with from a, any good panel of experts to mm -hmm. learn something new. And most of the time, when I've been in this situation, I get a bit bored. It's nice, but I know everything that's being kind of discussed. But sometimes you discover a name, you discover a concept, you discover something that sparks something different. And this is really what I'm mostly trying to reach there: is to maximize the number of sparks that you can get from this conversation. Yeah. So. By engineering a bit, by engineering it further, and I have, um, uh, I would say there's new ideas coming every day to uh, kind of skim out all the vanilla stuff, then you can get a, uh, you get a bit of a concentrate, a precipitate of uh, novelty uh, that comes out. But uh, yeah, indeed, it depends on your starting point and it depends obviously uh, of uh, say the complexity of the topic itself. Yeah. So. You know, the, the GPT came up with a number of topical areas that it wanted its experts to talk about. And I did find some of these were interesting. So, for example, uh, it 
it may not have exactly used the language of embedded finance or open banking, but it was hitting those themes pretty hard consistently throughout its response. So it definitely had, it, I wouldn't say it knew this, but obviously from its collection of the vast data out there, it, it can see that this is important to this industry. Um, and so the consultant persona, Jennifer, uh, was talking about, she was talking about a number of different partnership type arrangements. And some yeah. of them were uh, what you would expect from a, you know, a very introductory kind of uh, discussion. One or two didn't really make any sense. But then she had a few in there, which I thought uh, were were sort of thought provoking. So one that she, she it uh, mm -hmm. suggested was um, uh, bundling local banking services with uh, streaming services. Um, you know, it's not really what I would normally think of embedded banking, but, you know, maybe there's an idea, yeah. there, right? Let me let me add one point here. You know, uh, when when you you tap into these models, sometimes we tend to forget that they are not trained on other the corpus of documentation that we're used to look at. Like for example, we're in Asia, so we might be most of the time looking at uh, reports or materials that are related to Asia. But they are uh, this the training material is coming from all around the world: U.S., Eastern Europe, Brazil. And you may have use cases that are totally unexpected from what we see in Asia related to fintech. And it has the capacity to build bridges between use cases that are in totally unrelated uh, location that can break the novelty. I'm taking this because uh, many years ago when I worked into uh, the creation of joint venture in uh, insurance, mm -hmm. uh, I learned about the fact that in Brazil, very often the life insurance companies where at some embedded, um, I would say, uh, services with the lottery. So every time you buy your life insurance plan, you might be eligible for the lottery. And this is part of the package, it's a national activity. So every insurance company has this. And the same when I was uh, in Romania many years ago, you go into, um, when you go in an agency, you have a, a robot, but a real robot come, that, that can uh, talk to you on uh, exchange in some of the branches, which was pretty new at the time. So when you are tapping into these models, you may tap into uh, innovations that are coming from all around the world. That could be, uh, yeah, uh, bringing some new ideas. Yeah, so maybe somebody already done that in some marketplace and we just don't know exactly. about it. Exactly. Right, so then you look at that and then you get somebody to, to research and look into that. Um, then um, there was one on revenue opportunities. Obviously, that's going to be important. Uh, here it was the the venture capital persona, William, that was finding. I found this one uh, not so. Uh, I, I this one seemed a bit more generic uh, mm. to me. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of it was you know using AI for for lending models, robo advisory, mm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. some reg tech. Uh, you know, there was the sorts of things I think were you know not gonna not gonna anybody's socks off uh but again um one that I, I i did like though which i thought was just i thought was funny uh was um blockchain to uh basically decentralize investment banking and use smart contracts to underwrite uh to to uh, replace you know book building and underwriting <laughs> so 
I, I don't see that being realistic today. Uh, but who knows, right? I mean, why not? Uh, and I, I can't see any investment banker putting his or her hand up to volunteer to to, to be disintermediated, but that way. But um, mm. but again, uh, you know. You're yeah, like, I mean, if you if you take uh, yeah, I, I get your point, but if you you know uh, if you take the case of arbitration ten years ago, no bankers would have raised his hand for his arbitration activity to be automated. All of this is totally automated today. So uh, clearly, the the plates are. I mean, the table is moving. So uh, with generative AI, I definitely know companies that are looking at generating alpha. Uh, through their internal data, you have Bloomberg GPT, for example, right. that uh, trained its own model, and uh, well, uh, the sky is the limit. Yeah, the, um, the the most wild ones. Uh, there was another one on emerging technologies. I think this was probably more word salad than than uh, mm -hmm. an insight. Um, things like um, quantum computing powered risk management. Yes, I'm sure we would all like to have quantum computing risk management capabilities, but uh, first we need a quantum computer that we can use. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I, it's possible that, uh, I mean, uh, probably quantum computing, I mean, computing, quantum computing is already there. The problem is that it's not in the industrial access to everyone. But no, there's a lot of, I mean, you, you look, if you look at IBM and so on, you can already rent on AWS uh, some access to uh, quantum computing. But uh, obviously, this might not be the first place where you will be using quantum computing. But if you had to, why not? Uh... Yeah. No, and and again, another another fun one was neurotechnology yeah. trading interfaces. So basically, you know, trading uh, stocks or crypto with my with my Neuralink uh, hookup. You know, um, and again, yeah. you know, in fifty years, <laughs> who knows? But uh, maybe not for the next five years. That probably is a little more sci-fi still. Um, let me just put a little slight uh, nuance here. Did you know that uh, they managed to use the generative AI and particularly generative image generation capacity in order to, breathe, to do some brain uh, reading? So basically, you get some external uh, helmet and they managed to know exactly what you're thinking about. And they can see exactly and visualize the image with a pretty high level of accuracy. You can dig this in. But um, obviously, you might not be uh, doing some uh, trading using using this anytime soon, um, simply because you don't want to take the risk of having a trader doing the wrong transaction because he's been thinking about the wrong stuff. But uh, yeah, it's uh, in, indeed it's pushing what I would call the overturn window of what's possible in terms of innovation. Yeah. yeah. Um, but one thing um, they had so, again on this emergent technology. Uh, question that the LLM raised. Um, one, some things I think are, are clearly going to happen, uh, and it's just a question of who who gets there first. So uh, you know, financial education using AR, uh, augmented reality, or virtual reality. Um, I mean, yes, that that seems like you know somehow or other that's probably going to be a thing. True. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Uh, lots of things happening in education right now with digital reality. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, um, and. Uh, so I want to then go to, we've talked about some of the, the things that the experts talked about amongst themselves. 
And then they sort of came back and they had they had me, uh, I guess because of the questions, you must have inputted my name there. So I was I put the, your name there. Yes, yeah, so I was the moderator of this of yeah. this discussion. Uh very easy moderating job. Uh and um I found that I was I, my my persona, was asking some questions that I'm pretty sure I would not ask myself, but they came from somewhere. Um, I think it was probably rooting around maybe some old Digfin stories or something. Um, so for example, and I, I found this very interesting, one, it asked about psychographic profiling. I did a story a couple of years ago about psychographics, which is uh, basically, it started off in the US, but it's basically left the US because of many legal and uh, social yeah. issues. But it's you know, but it, it's it's used elsewhere. It's a it's not really popular. It's a technique to try to use someone's um, you know kind of a Freudian psychoanalytical approach to augment credit assessment decisioning. I see. Um, so, but you know, I also have to think. Okay, that's a strange thing for this thing to kind of pick up on, but could be strange. It could just be random, strange as noise. Uh, or it could be maybe somewhere it's connecting certain dots and maybe this is becoming more prevalent or could become more in use with better data tools to combine with analysis of human psychology. Well, uh, one thing that we have to bear in mind, I didn't put your ne full name there. I just put James. So I don't think it connected the dots with your, uh, your personality. So it must be coming uh, on a stochastic statistical point of view on the highest probability of topics that should be connected with the question it is asked. So at some point in the large language model, this topic should have a high prob probability compared to others. So that's the reason why it could be coming with this topic. Because in fact, there's a probability of the next word on the next topic that could be coming in. And this one came up. So it might not be totally off uh, subject, and uh, is it is it kind of here latent and uh, not really mature enough, or is it something that will be coming back thanks to all of these new technologies? It's a question mark, but uh, I will park it on the side, but not discard it totally. Yeah, two themes that I found these personas were hammering away at, which I think is is correct. Uh, one was on I mentioned the open banking, data sharing, open insurance models. Uh, it, it came up time and again in different guises. Uh, the other was uh, biometrics, and it didn't really spell this out, but I would I would maybe broaden that just like digital identity or verification processes using, it was very big on biometrics, but also other things. Um, and it came up with a number of interesting um, theoretical, I think theoretical, or perhaps uh, real ways that people are using biometrics, but if, I can't tell if it was just throwing out words or if these, if there was a more specific meaning to what it was trying to say. Um, but it also came up with actual examples. I don't know in real life, but it was talking about, again, um, uh, Jong-An and WeLab partnering together to do something. So, you know, it's, it's finding little things here and there, um, which are sort of interesting. But I thought that was on the right track in terms of, you know, some of the most important you know things that still need to be solved uh, that could that could open up a lot of doors. I think for for fintech. True, true. Uh, let me add one thing there. Uh, what I shared with you is a final result, but a little bit like someone doing a work on a topic. There's a lot of um, 
research that's been made that uh, it kept uh, notes on. And I have the history of all the drafts on the notes that it did. And interestingly, he kept, uh, he kept in the result, the final result, what was considered as mature enough for publication kind of, or in order to be voiced. Just like if someone is about to be speaking in a panel, he might be thinking about a lot of stuff that are stuff that he won't be voicing. And we have the same situation. So you have the, what I would call the um, intelligent waste, which are all of these data points that it uh, thought about, but didn't mention. Like I take here, um, I take just one sentence that I hear that one of the most promising startups are Bowtie, One Degree, ZA Bank, Zinex, Roots, Acumon. All of those are very well-known names. And, and um, it, it has all of these topics on the side. And sometimes it's going to look at all of these reserves of intelligence and bring it in the conversation, depending on the question that's coming. But there's yeah. also this, this aspect there. Yeah. One of uh, another sort of business idea that I, I found very uh, interesting uh, came from the the Oliver persona. This this person is uh, meant to be a, a digital transformation specialist working mm -hmm. in insurance, um, and this persona came up with uh, a couple of different ideas, and I'm not going to read them all. But one was um, predictive failure analysis tools. So we're often using AI to make uh, predictions try to create some sort of visibility, whether it's on working capital, whether it's on some mm -hmm. sort of credit assessment. Um, and I think they're usually pitched as a, as a positive, um, e even when we're using AI to flag a potential fraud or, or risks, it's still, you know, you, you hit a positive and that means mm -hmm. there's something there to look at. Um, but this idea now was turning it around a little bit and saying, well, you know, if we've got a platform that's matching investors with SMEs in this case. So there's many platforms out there that do this sort of, you know, try to match financial, uh, you know, maybe invoice finance or that sort of thing. Um, but this idea from the LLM was use it to predict failures or obstructions to small businesses, or perhaps I think you consider failures or obstructions in portfolio companies that perhaps a VC might be running. Uh, and, you know, then identify ways to help those businesses get out of a jam, basically. So mm -hmm. I thought that was sort of interesting, taking the classic kind of matching engine type stuff that we are traditionally associate with uh, these platforms and spinning it around. True, true, true. No, it's, uh, um, I, I've always discovered new ideas when reading the, the output. Um, obviously, most of the results that you get are in fact coming from crossing of ideas from other locations and so on. Um, but that's still already a beauty of it. innovation is uh, part of innovation is coming from that, right? Co connecting yeah. ideas. But beside, it can also, I mean, not necessarily this model that I was working on, but uh, AI has been known to, for uh, discovering new stuff. I mean, you know about the work uh, on AlphaFold regarding the, the, the molecule folding and so on that totally, yeah. Yeah, exactly, uh, uh, discovered some new molecules and so on. and, and and so it can discover new stuff. Uh, and this is what is the next step, I would say, um, to, be, to be really coming up with a total novel concept, but also getting into the practicalities of further. Uh, so maybe since we are reaching the end uh, there, um, I'm, um, I'm, I'm working on the next phase of it. The first thing that as we discussed, is, uh, it's soon going to be able to, 
to design a full report of with all the key ideas and so on. But I'm also looking at uh, giving it a bit of more directionality in order to do some kind of minor, simple consulting targeted um, objectives uh, where you can have an action plan and maybe even some planning uh, capacity and so on. I mean, that's down down the way, but uh, uh, that's the idea. Well, good luck to you. I want to share one last thing. They, at the end, it, it listed a few other ideas to explore, uh, which I guess was a collective conclusion. Yeah. I should point out that it didn't actually give me a very good, um, it didn't actually tell me, okay, uh, if you want a fintech that's going to earn this kind of revenue in a certain amount of time, do this. It wasn't that yeah. specific. It was much more explorational. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for a quick fix to <laughs> figure out your next venture, then this is not going to, you know, you got to take no. this with a pinch of salt. But um, some of the ideas that it, it suggested were, um, I'll just mention one, which I thought was fun. Uh, using augmented reality uh, investment app or or some sort of, I guess, a, a goggles or whatever, uh, overlaying a stock market ticker price on whenever you're looking at, say, a shop front or a product. Oh. So we thought about this in terms of, you know, maybe some product information, you know, maybe, you know, you can, you can see if I'm, if I go into a, a store, I'm looking to buy a widget and maybe I would be able to get more information, dietary information on the food. Yeah, yeah. But this is more like, no, combine it with like Robin Hood with going to like the Amazon store to buy books or buy food. And then you can see, oh, you know, how well is this company doing in terms of the stock price? Interesting. So, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not sure this is actually a great idea. But but you can kind of see, you know I don't think we need to have a, a running stock ticker on on every single thing no, we no. interface with but it you know you can start to see where you know where would that be appropriate where would that be interesting who might be interested in that and then what do you connect that with to make that into something that you know you would want to say oh I love this store or I love this car or I love this oh, and oh wow yeah. the stock price is doing great maybe I want to you know um, so. Uh, I, I wouldn't ad advise people just go punting on the basis of that, but you know you can start to see where around the corner there could be some super interesting models that are just being invented. Totally, and I can totally think about a few people on the capital market side who will be considering to have this kind of AR glasses, and if they see, for example, a queue of people waiting uh, in front of a shop and uh, wondering, okay, what is shop about? What do they do? And suddenly having the ticker or having some uh, outlook and, and do a transaction media immediately. So this could be, uh, this could be, uh, yeah, the next step. But yeah. indeed, uh, when you combine all these technologies, uh, new ideas come. Yes. And new risk, of course. So data sharing, oh, privacy, cybersecurity will all be super massively important for any of this. But I want to wrap it up. Guillaume, thank you so much for uh, doing this experiment with ChatGPT with uh, with me and with Ditchfin Vox. My pleasure. Okay, stay in touch. <laughs>